coming up on this week's episode of RSVP. Like quite a few famous people have stayed there, like Fergie had been there, and when we were there, Leonardo DiCaprio and Giselle were there. I don't think I've ever got drunk enough to pretend to be a dog, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back and like analyse myself after this podcast. It's time for a little RSVP, the show full of rats and stories, visions and pains and so much more with special guests and fun galore. Hotels, destinations, nightmares and dreams, confessions and everything in between. So sit back, relax, pour a wine or whiskey, get comfy, cause it's time for RSVP. Hello and welcome to RSVP, the podcast for events and travel professionals looking for some inspiration and, well, fun. I'm joined today by Gabby Austin-Brown. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you, Callum. How are you? I'm very excited. (laughs) One, because you're here with me, but two, I think this is a good time to announce that you are going to be the new co-host of the CNIT show. I know. So I'm super <laughs> excited. Um, and I didn't know that you were going to announce this today. So well, why not? Why not? Let's go crazy. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. And you being my partner in crime, not the other way around. Yeah, well, yeah, this, this seems to be a, a common theme with me and my co-host. Oh, they, they, they love to overshadow me. Oh, it's fine. No, it's fine. No. I, I know my place. Teamwork works with dream work. Exactly. No. <laughs> So, the first part of RSVP, where we talk about rants, stories, visions and pains, is of course the rants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is your opportunity to basically get on your soapbox and tell the people of the events industry what is a bugbear of yours and why it needs to be addressed. Hmm. Well, there is a big one that's definitely around alcohol in the industry, alcohol in the events industry. Um, not that I'm a killjoy, like my friends are lushes, I still know how to go and have a party, <laughs> But it does kind of irritate me when I go to events and there's no kind of substitute for people who are not drinking alcohol. And that doesn't mean like people who've perhaps had an issue. It might be people who are pregnant. It might be designated drivers. Could be religion. Religion, diet, whatever, it, what, allergies, whatever it is. But we never really seem to be catered for. And I've been to, it was actually after we came out of lockdown and I went to a few award ceremonies. And literally there was no drinks apart from Coke, orange juice and water um for like people who weren't drinking alcohol and i don't drink fizzy drinks number one don't like it's lots of sugar and orange juice and fizzy drinks mm. and things like that so i was stuck with water which was depressing and then another event i had to pay, there was non-alcoholic beers which was fantastic i was like yeah well done well done this event but then i had to pay for it and it was an awards and i'm like you've got free prosecco free wine unlimited on the table and i'm paying for a sodding like alcohol-free beer are you kidding me that is always the case because sometimes i i don't want to drink it's rare but there are some times really? where i don't want to drink and <laughs> i'll say like oh like can i have a soft drink and then they'll say you have to pay and i'm like you're literally serving moe on a tray yeah to, and like copious amounts of it and yet i want a coke you yeah know? and and then i have to pay so i, I totally get that and mm. and i think more and more people that i know are you know saying that they don't want to drink alcohol and, and this that, and the other and, yeah and it just i guess it ties into inclusivity in general really exactly sober inclusion is like a big thing now and i think definitely for younger generations like gen z a quarter of gen, uh, gen z don't or z whatever you want to call them um don't drink alcohol so I think this is definitely becoming more of a big thing. And all those big alcohol brands out there now do non-alcoholic versions of things. So all venues need to do is really 
get in those like non-alcoholic versions of drinks. Planners need to specifically ask for in the drinks packages to include this. And then people will be a bit happier, I think. Because we're just catering for everyone. It's not me stopping people wanting to have a party and drink booze. It just means that everyone can join in the fun in a kind of adult way. So the next part of RSVP is the S, and that's about mm. stories. And and this breaks down into three different experiences that I want you to kind of relive. Mm. Um, the first is your most memorable destination. Well, as you know, I have just come back from a three-week Italian tour, the Grand Tour, as I like to call it. Um, I'm not having a midlife crisis, I promise. Um, and I have to say that I think the Amalfi Coast is my favourite. Oh, you're speaking... <laughs> My family is from the Amalfi. My blood just, my just, my, there was an electricity in my blood just then, as you said, the Amalfi Coast. I'm very excited about this. And honestly, like, I didn't say it because I know or see where your family's from. I've been before to the Amalfi Coast before this grand Italian tour, um, and I just love it. It's just the light is beautiful. The sea, you know, you feel like David Gandhi is going to come, kind of strolling out with his tiny white kind of like budgie smugglers on, and like, <laughs> come and like waft you with some fans, and you know, get you some nice kind of. Uh, a mouthy lemonade or something like that I think because people live on the coast and it's such beautiful surroundings it's like a happier vibe you know I know it's easy to say that when you visit somewhere and you're just there on holiday but um, I really get that kind of like I feel at home and you know just the, the scenery stunning the cliffs and the, the trees growing out of the cliffs and just going around on a boat around the Mafia coast is the best yeah it's I've always said that's where I would like to get married Oh, if I if nice. I was to get married, it would be the Amalfi Coast because I just think you you cannot go wrong. I don't think there is a hotel or a venue or a location mm. in that part of the world that isn't just picturesque. Yeah, you know you can't go wrong. It's, you can't. It's beautiful. Your wedding pictures would be stunning. They would. They would. Oh. You know? so, not <laughs> no. many guys that think, oh yeah, that. that I, I mean, I said this about ten years ago. I was like, that's where I want to get married. Oh, that's super um, cute. So, yeah, yeah. The next story that I want you to kind of share with us is your most memorable hotel experience. So um, about, well, how many years ago? I can't remember. And also I don't want to give away my age. Um, So (laughs) I lived in Tokyo for a couple of years and um, it was just after the tsunami actually in Thailand, which is really, like, obviously really horrific. Um, But it meant that hotels were really cheap um, because they wanted tourists obviously to come back and, you know, spend their money, all that sort of stuff. So um, it was a bit of a make or break holiday that my partner at the time took me on. It was to this resort called Amman. And the one in Phuket in Thailand was the first resort they had. And it's like seven, seven star, basically. And like room, like a basic room is like thousands of pounds. Um, but we've got it really cheap. Um, and it's, it's just so beautiful because you kind of like arrive on by plane and you get picked up by a chauffeur with, you know, your cold towels to like cool mm. yourself down. Um, and the beautiful flowers like jasmine and frangipani. I think that's what you call it, isn't it? Frangipani. I always get confused. I know nothing about flowers. So okay. You could literally say any it's word. It's that Thailand like, smell. Yeah. Like when you go, you can like smell it. Um, and then you arrive and you're like kind of villas and rooms are kind of like all open plan living with those gorgeous kind of like tie kind of like cushions you just lounge around and stream your music and they you know champagne is there on arrival and you feel like you're the only people there it's you feel like you're secluded it's absolutely stunning and like quite a few famous people uh, stay there like Fergie had been there and when we were there Leonardo DiCaprio and Giselle were there wow yeah and you can like like hire private jets for you to go to Cambodia and you hire yachts and things like that so 
Was David Gandhi there? No, David Gandhi wasn't there. <laughs> but I fancy Leo and Giselle, so I feel like that was a good compromise. Yeah, that's an absolute win. <laughs> um, just absolutely stunning. And I remember we got we went on this yacht with this British couple, like terribly posh British couple. Um, and they were like, oh, so where are you two from? I'm not going to do the accent again, but they were like, where are you two, you two from? And we were like, oh, we live in Tokyo. And they're like, oh, great. And we were like, oh, where are you from? They were like, SW1. Oh, no, they didn't <laughs> um, postcode it. They postcoded it. And literally, <laughs> I like choked on my papaya salad. It like came up my nose almost. <laughs> I was like, they were like, oh, so when we lived in London, we lived in W11, oh, which is like Notting Hill or whatever. Yeah. And I was dying. Um, it was just hilarious. But we, it was a stunning trip. And, you know, where we, we got to yeah. like live like superstars. Nice. Um, so I think it was a whole experience of feeling like you had this kind of like island, as it were, to yourself. Mm. And you were just, every whim was looked after. And I'll never forget it. Now they've got locations in like Utah, Turks and Caicos. Uh, yeah, loads of places. Stunning. Highly recommend if you win the lottery. Yeah, yeah. Really, <laughs> really high class. No, that's that's lovely. And and I think, yeah, there's there's something special about, something special about feeling special. Yeah. You know? I think that's what it is, isn't it? You're right. You're mm. so right. I just remember something funny on the boat as well. I was, um, at the time, I was reading a book called The Happy Hooker. <laughs> and it's like a story of this madam, like, from like. I'm picturing SW11 being <laughs> absolutely traumatised by seeing that. They were, they did keep looking at me. My partner was like, can you put that book away? Like, you literally, like, I've hired you. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, it's a great book. It's a great story about this, like, Dutch woman who was a madam. So. <laughs> well, I'm sure they created their own narrative in their head with, sure with, with the scenario. That's amazing. They could do some fun in their lives, I think. This week's podcast is brought to you by the world's leading meetings and conference centre 2022, the Convention Centre Dublin. The CCD is an iconic, flexible and inspirational setting for those planning an event in Dublin, Ireland. Consider Dublin for your next event, which is conveniently located at the Gateway to Europe, Ireland, and is easily accessible for UK, US and EMEA delegates. Visit www.theccd.ie to find out more. So the next story is about your most memorable food experience. Yeah, so this is so difficult because I'm such a foodie. I spend all my money on travelling and food and absolutely love it. But there's this one dish that has stayed on my mind for a number of years. Me and my best friend have tried to find something that recreates this dish. And this is really annoying because I don't actually remember the name of the restaurant. Right. It was a restaurant near Holland Park. We were, me and my friend went there just before going to BBC when the BBC studios were still, um, still there in White City. We were going to go and see John Barrowman or something cheesy like that. And we just were like, oh, we're hungry. So we went to this restaurant, um, Italian restaurant in Holland Park. And oh my God, I had the best risotto I've ever had in my life and I've never had another risotto like it and I've tried to like find this risotto and someone else who can make it even in Italy I've not had a risotto as yeah. good and it was I can't even remember what was in it it was so basic it was just you know a bit of onion a bit of garlic the white wine etc and then some like saffron on top that's all I remember about it it was so creamy it was almost like rice pudding but not in a like childish horrible way it's worth that bite and I just, yeah, I mean, my friend talk about it all the time. And that was about 20 years ago. <laughs> we like, can't find this risotto or the restaurant. I am a little bit surprised that risotto has ever made it onto this podcast. I hate risotto. I think risotto is the pain. worst. It's, and it's really bland. And it reminds me of gruel. Like, I feel like they <laughs> yeah. should serve it in prison. But I never thought in all the times that we've been doing these episodes that someone would say the most memorable food experience was a risotto. 
So, I mean, hats off to them because they've, they've clearly taken exactly. something that I think is terrible and made it, you know, delicious. And same here. I don't even love it that much. But that th- if I'm still thinking about it this many years later, it obviously changed my world in some sort of way. Were and you I need really to... hungry at the time? Like, had you, like, not eaten for, like, 48 hours or something? I can't remember. Maybe. Because that <laughs> I, 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 I can't fathom it. So this part of the podcast is one of my favourites because it really tests the mettle of the guests. Oh. Um, I want you to paint a vision, V for vision, uh, of your dream event, okay? And there are no limitations whatsoever, okay? You can go as crazy and as wild as your imagination will allow. I love this, but you know, I'm going to be quite boring, I think. Outrageous. You're going to say risotto, aren't you? (laughs) I'm going to let you down again, Callum. I'm really sorry. You've never let me down. Um... Well, I'm really into my well-being and all that sort of stuff. So as people know, I'm a qualified yoga meditation teacher. I'm really into going on retreats. So mine would kind of be a bit of a kind of drum and bass dubstep retreat. And that sounds really random, but I was thinking, where would I like to have this event? And like immediately I was like, oh, somewhere in the Caribbean or Southeast Asia. And I'm like, no, everyone says that. It's quite boring. And I'm like, actually, what I really want is a stately home that I own and to be able to have it in the grounds of my stately home. And the daytime it would be yoga and Reiki healing and everyone kind of like smudging, which is like getting sage and like clearing your aura and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, And just getting rid of all that negative and bad energy and all like kind of like connecting. And then there'd be live music with like my favorite artists during the day which would be like Kate Bush and, and Puella and Fleetwood Mac um, during the day so it'll be quite chilled with just like stations with just like whatever food anybody wanted a bit like you know what's that what's that film where you can kind of no it's not a film I think it's like a book by Enid Blyton the faraway tree stories where you basically say what food you want and it magically, appears, magically appears for each individual person so everyone gets exactly what they want from a food perspective perfect for the non-drinkers as well because they can say I want x mocktail Boom. Boom, exactly. Um, and then in the evening. So as much as I'm yoga and well-being, I'm like a bit yin-yang. I still like to have a party. I can still go and rave and all that sort of stuff, even though I don't drink and everything. So in the evening, it would definitely be a bit of a garage kind of throw down. Um, <laughs> what a contrast. <laughs> I know, random. It's like you've got to be good and then you can be bad, you know. It's got yeah. to balance itself out. Um, then moving into kind of like dubstep drum and bass with like the sickest sound and lighting system that, you know... For miles around, people can see this uh, this huge party going on. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of that would be like my ideal event. My it's favorite very selfish. Thing. No, it's it's great, but it is that. I mean, the, the <laughs> selfish element is brilliant because what you've done is everyone else paints this picture of this one time event. You've said, "I want a stately home." <laughs> And then I'll hold the event there. So you've walked away from this dream scenario with a home. Yeah. Which I, I have to rate. I have to admit that is ingenious. No one else has, has managed to actually walk away from their dream event with their own possessions. So thanks. You know, massive kudos there. And you yeah. know, there's some magic involved. Food just appearing out of anyone's wish. Yeah. Um, and the the calm juxta juxtaposed with the the chaos is exactly it's very you actually it's 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 just sort of you in an event to be honest it is which is slightly (laughs) concerning i'm going to go back and like analyze myself after this podcast now this is actually a psychological test (laughs) so the final part of rsvp is the pains and this is where people write in anonymously and they share their pains um which you get to react to okay so this is actually not planned whatsoever. Oh, but gosh. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I'm actually it, sweating. It, it, it involves getting really drunk. 
Oh. So um, it's possibly a very good case for, for what you were talking about earlier in the podcast. But um, here we go. <clears throat> I was at IBTM a few years ago and decided to go out for a few drinks with some of my friends. And then we, or I, ended up getting really drunk. In fact, I was literally chaining cocktails. <laughs> we were in this pretty nice bar with loads of sculptures and glass fixtures. And I got a bit giddy and started messing around. I can see you holding on to your face. I know, I can't bear it. <laughs> it's safe to say I became a liability. I was hiding behind the sculptures, throwing things, then ducking back down. I then got on all fours and pretended to be a dog and started weaving in and out of the chairs. <laughs> it's, just, it's just giving me... What was that politician that was in the Big Brother house pretending to be a cat? Oh, George Galloway. Yes, this is giving me those vibes. Yeah. It's, this is kind of absurd. Um, I don't think I've ever got drunk enough to pretend to be a dog, but okay. <laughs> All the tables had glass tabletops, and so when that tired me out, I just lay underneath and looked up at the people through the glass, giggling uncontrollably. This person was smashed. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. Also, why did no one say it's time to go home? But okay. <laughs> I eventually decided to leave. And as I got up from under the glass table, my back caught the top of it and the whole thing keeled over, smashing 15 champagne glasses and, of course, cracking the magnificent tabletop itself. Of course, my innate reaction was to flee the scene in hope to retain a shred of dignity. I still remember the barman shouting, Hey, come back here! But I was so embarrassed, I couldn't turn back, and so I just kept running. <laughs> it's probably on CCTV somewhere, so I can never show my face there again. Good thing I didn't go to IBTM this year. Apes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on, on this person's uh, on confession? Not that it makes a difference, but I'm interested to know if this is male or female. Do we know? Does it, is it totally anonymous? Uh, it's totally anonymous, yeah. Why? Why would that... What's, what are you thinking there? I think it'd be a lot funnier if it's a woman. <laughs> um, I think getting under a table, it's going to be someone smaller anyway. True. So I, I would imagine they're, they're going to be petite. Mm. I can't imagine a big rugby player getting under like a, a coffee table, you know? Um, yeah, although yeah, that true, would be true. even more hilarious. That would be hilarious, know? true. So True. What do I think? I've done worse, basically. <laughs> Ten times worse. But, yeah, the running off thing. Yeah, would you have stuck around? I would have done. I would have fronted it. And really? I, yeah, I would have fronted it and apologised and like tried to be as charming as possible. Because um, I would be so nervous as well that they would find me on CCTV and just like literally at the airport, yeah. you know, get chased down by police and arrested and or you've Barcelona left, left or your lanyard behind from, from the conference. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like the worst criminal ever just there. Oh, okay, well, we know where they were and what conference they were at. Yeah, and I'm such a huge believer of karma that I'm like, if... Yeah, something like that happens. I know it's going to come back to me, so I need to try and rectify it immediately. Like when I was, when I just got back from, I just got back from IBTM. Actually, this is a good story. So I just got back from IBTM, and but on the way there, uh, I went to Boots, uh, picked up some toiletries. Um, you know, it's all a bit of a rush, and everyone's behind you is kind of like, you know, mm. you know, chaos, chaos, and they're like, come on, hurry up, sort of scenario. Thought I paid, walked out of my stuff, went and had breakfast, and then I got a notification on my phone saying declined. And so my booth shop, shop had been declined. And I was like, I have to go back. So I went back, and the girl was like, why did you come back? No, it happens all the time, and no one comes back. And I'm like, 
it's just bad karma. I can't. I have that to. That is very good of you. That is very good of you. Yeah, but then what was worse was she kept like she had to do it at the till, but the tills weren't open. It was only the self-service checkouts, and people kept coming over like wanting to keep behind me. She's like. I'm helping this girl because she walked out without paying. And she said it really loudly about three times. I'm like, you're making me look like a criminal when I've actually come back and paid for this. And it was just mortifying. I was going to say, that's not karma. That doesn't tell me that no. karma has rewarded you there. That's pretty much like that you've been kind of, you know, strung up and, and, and classed as a criminal. Yeah, exactly. It was mortifying. But anyway, so I'd front it and I would apologise. And... I feel like most five-star hotels wouldn't charge you anyway. They're not going to say no. you've broken our table, so you're going to have to pay us. No, exactly. I think most of the time they'd just be like... It's incident, not yeah. incidental, but yeah. things happen. Yeah, off as, as, you know, they just write it off, right? Yeah, exactly. But I guess in, in a drunk state, you're, you're embarrassed, it's chaos, you've, you've, you know, fight or flight, you know, this true, person true. bolted. Um, true, true. And I, I would have just liked to have witnessed that. I just true. imagine the staff probably laughed at it. I thought, yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I think so too. I bet loads of security are watching that on CCTV. Yeah, like afterwards. Playing it in replays, you know. I bet that person sobered up super quick. Yeah, 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 and I'm surprised that they didn't they didn't get injured actually. So you know they should, they, they should count themselves lucky. God, how responsible do I sound? Yeah. Oh, I've got some glass injured. in them. Oh. <laughs> um, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, and I cannot wait for our, our next series of the talk show. Uh, sitting beside you and doing all sorts of fun interviewing people. So uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.